Hello and welcome to the Rise of Her podcast. I'm your host, Roxanne. I'm a mum of four, wife and business owner. This is the podcast where we talk self-development, health and wellness, mindset, balancing career and family and everything in between. Think of me as your supportive bestie as we grow together and become the best versions of ourselves. If you want to create a life that you love, then you're in the right place. Hello everyone and welcome back to another guest episode of the Rise of Her podcast. In today's episode, I chat to Sarah Hunter, who is a personal trainer and coach based on the Gold Coast. I actually met Sarah at the Alita State launch event um, a few months ago and after following her on socials for a while, I really wanted to chat with her about her mindset because she did a question and answer on her Instagram stories and her answers were so intriguing to me and I just wanted to know more. So I asked her to be on the podcast, she happily agreed and now you have an episode to listen to. Now, if you've met Sarah before, you know she is such an editor person and she kind of emulates sunshine in my opinion and I absolutely love that about her. Sarah and I talk about mindset and how clarity on what you want your life to look like can really change everything. So I hope you all love this conversation. Hey Sarah, thanks so much for joining me on the Rise of Her podcast. I'm so excited to chat to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm definitely very excited as well. I know I told you this earlier, but I was watching your stories on Instagram because we met at um, the Alita State event. And you just posted some really insightful stuff about mindset. And I was just like, so fascinated. And I really wanted to chat to you. So I do really appreciate the fact that you said yes to coming on the podcast. So thank you. Oh, no, I appreciate it. I'm so excited. It's so funny. Like, yeah, mindset is a massive thing. So whenever someone wants to talk about it, I'm definitely always keen to have a chat. Did you want to introduce yourself and tell everyone just a little bit about you and what you do? And yeah, just share, share a little bit about yourself. Cool. Sounds good. So I'm Sarah. I am 22 years old and I'm currently working as a personal trainer. So I've got a really big focus on helping my clients make an overall lifestyle change. Um, And I'm also working towards um, completing my counselling course as well. Um, Originally from Melbourne and when I decided to move, I literally packed up my car and left a week later. And I've been here for two and a half years now. So it's a big part of my life moving up to the Gold Coast from Melbourne. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world. It's a big part of who I am now. That's massive. Big move. <laughs> big move. <laughs> That's ballsy. <laughs> yeah, I know now. <laughs> yeah. Did you? So you mentioned that you're doing coaching now, and you really enjoy doing that, and you're starting to be a counselor. So are you? You're close to being a counselor, right? Um, I'm still about a year or so away. So yeah. um, it's online self-paced course mm-hmm. um they've got a couple of study centers around Australia so I can pretty much do it wherever I like which is really handy yeah but um yeah the goal would be to combine the coaching with the counseling together and offer them either as a package or one or the other um I just yeah there's obviously a big, really big connection in like your mindset and your psychology with um making like physical change in your life so I think like you can't really have one without the other so I wouldn't offer both (laughs) yeah that's amazing and it's really good to have a coach that can assist you with both because a lot of I feel like a lot of the constraints that comes from being consistent with exercise is your mindset right totally and often like when you just get a PT you end up telling them your whole life story anyway (laughs) so it does kind of turn naturally into a counseling session so it's just going to be really good to have those tools for me to actually properly help people um yeah make a big difference in their life compared to just having a chat which is obviously great too and really fun I really enjoy it but I think yes yeah, it's, it's really important to have those tools and resources behind me as well so I can help them even more yeah and um how did you actually start 
coaching like what was that like at school or something like that like how did that actually start for you yeah so um I've trained in the gym like forever I remember going to this small gym um with my mum before school so we'd both wake up at 5am and we'd go to the gym together and then we'd come home and I'd go off to school and then she'd go off to work um so yeah I've been in the gym setting for a really long time but I'd never really let myself think about it as a career path until I moved to the Gold Coast um so when I moved I kind of fell into it which I guess that's the best way to do it (laughs) um I was studying a business degree in Melbourne and when I moved I actually saw a psychic um within the first like two weeks of being on the Gold Coast and she was like you need to quit it's not for you like what are you doing I was like I can't quit uni like what are you talking about Yeah. yeah I had a lot of voices in my head of my family and other people's opinions um so rather than quitting I ended up deferring I thought it was a really good compromise on my part I was like jump Sarah like that's a good step (laughs) um so yeah I ended up deferring uni and then I just wanted to do something so I just thought may as well do my PT certs and try to get a job in a gym and then when I started studying my certs I was like no this is like what I'm going to be doing like I just it just clicked straight away and I just made so much sense in my head and I could see big gaps in the market of where I wanted to be and where I'd fit in with that um so yeah it just made a lot of sense for me Oh, I love that so much. Like you just, <laughs> ah, the fact that you've been like going with your mom, like that just shows how big of an impact that she made with your life. Yeah, And yeah, the fact that you fell into it as well, like that's, it just feels right. When, totally. Yeah. I wouldn't have just. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love that so much. <laughs> when you decided to defer uni, was that more of, I know you said it was a compromise, but did that feel like the right thing mm-hmm. for you to do? Or was it like, no, I, I am not going to go back to uni at all? Yeah, I think I knew deep down that I wasn't going to go back, but it mm-hmm. took me deferring three times for me to actually decide to quit. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> it took me a really long time. But yeah, when I first deferred, because I had started studying online um, when I came to the Gold Coast and I was doing like full-time uni. So I was spending so many hours a day um, in like Zoom calls and studying and and everything else. And I remember after I got back from the psychic um, session, I was on the phone to my sister and I was like, I've been in the Gold Coast for two weeks and I've hardly even been to the beach. Mm -hmm. And so I thought if I just defer for six months, you know, do my PT certs, just work and actually have a bit of a holiday and a bit of a break um, and just see what happens. I actually really enjoy living on the Gold Coast. I probably deep down that I was never going to go back and that I would stay on the Gold Coast forever. Yeah. (laughs) But in my head, it was kind of like a bit of a mindset trick to just um, make myself feel a little bit easier, a little bit better about taking um, those big steps and making it not as serious in my head and making it a little bit, um, a little bit easier to take the big changes. But yeah, Yeah. it's funny looking back. (laughs) Yeah, because you didn't have, you didn't really have a support network here, did you? So you were completely by yourself trying to figure it out, but like on your own. When I came up anyone so it was just 20 year old Sarah figuring it out <laughs> wow oh my gosh I'm like I could never have done that at 20 um <laughs> no, so could have. Oh, oh I could have I wouldn't have but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when I look back I yeah there's no way but I guess like it did something similar like we moved yeah we moved to the Sunshine Coast with yeah uh, when I was like 33 weeks pregnant no support oh. network yeah so that was massive as it is but like moving states like I have everyone driving distance still. So, yeah. you know, that's massive. Okay. So with the psychic thing, I'm just really curious about that because it seemed to have made, sorry, that seemed to have made a really big impact on what you decided to do moving forward. How did that happen? So yeah, really crazy story. <laughs> um, When I decided 
wanted to move to the Gold Coast, I hadn't booked any accommodation. So mm-hmm. um, I booked an Airbnb for the first week. And then for the second week, I booked a different Airbnb in Mermaid Beach. And it was with this girl named Ash. I'm sure she'll listen to this. So hello. <laughs> um, she, yeah, she had a um, two-bedroom apartment and she was airbnb one of the rooms out. And I arrived at her place on a Sunday and we had probably been, I'd probably been there for an hour or two and we chatted like, told each other our whole life story like we were just so like such good friends from like the get-go and she um that day she had a psychic session booked in and she came back and she was like I need to talk to you I was like this is so weird <laughs> and she was like um the psychic had said to her this girl from Melbourne's come into your life like you need her she needs you um you guys connected in the past life all this stuff and I was like this is so weird and she, the psychic had said to her, oh, this girl's going to live with you. Or she, this, she's living with you. And Ash is like, yeah, just for the week. Like she's, you know, Airbnb in the other room out. And the psychic was like, no, no, like you guys are going to live together. Anyway, so that was the Sunday. I think on the Wednesday, she offered me like a lease to um, stay, like to rent out the, the second bedroom. And I lived with her for 11 months. So wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like that was uh, so I so yeah sorry I ended up seeing the psychic after that I think I went a week after she had seen her and I didn't tell the psychic like that I was that person Mm -hmm. and she basically said the same thing to me that this girl's come into my life and we're connected in a past life we were like sisters in a past life or something um and I was living with this girl who like we both needed each other and um all this stuff and then we started going to uni and work and everything so I probably had a big um connection to that psychic from the get-go because of that story and I seen both sides of it so I wasn't very skeptical I was skeptical before going but because of that connection I wasn't skeptical listening to everything else she said um yeah but for me like the whole uni thing she basically gave me permission slip to do what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. um because I hadn't ever given it to myself and I hadn't gotten it from other people around me so she was like the first person to say it's, it's not only did she say that it's okay to do it but she was like you need to do this yeah um so it was, yeah, it was a big kind of wake up call for me, I guess. Yeah. And so did that experience really like open you up to trusting yourself and what you were going to do? Yeah, totally. Um, because she's like saying all these things and I deep down, I know that. And she kept being like, you know this, you know this. I was like, I know, I know this, but you're freaking me out. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where when you hear something from someone else and then you know that it's true for yourself and you start to take the action that aligns with that thing obviously it makes sense. So when those things start to make sense and you start enjoying life more and start enjoying um, the things you're doing for yourself, then why wouldn't you just keep going in that direction? Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. (laughs) I need to go see a bloody psychic. (laughs) I haven't, I saw her a couple of times um, and then I saw another one, which I didn't like as much and I haven't been back for probably a year and a half. I've just, yeah, been trying to trust myself more than putting the pressure on someone else. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend it. I think it's like the coolest experience ever. Like it's, yeah, insane. <laughs> yeah. I Well, see, I believe that if um, something comes up, then I'll go with it. Yeah. I'll flow with it. But if, yeah, if it's not, if I've got to force myself a lot to do something, I probably won't do it. It has to feel, it has to feel right for me. And I've I gotten it. to that point where I, I understand now what's okay and what's not and where I'm forcing something that doesn't need to be forced. Yeah. So, so good. <laughs> maybe it'll come, maybe it'll come for me. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about mindset. I know 
earlier we mentioned, like I mentioned that there can be constraints when it comes to exercise and actually taking control of your health and your fitness. Um, What do you think is one of the biggest constraints that people will generally come across when they're creating new habits for themselves? Mm, It's a very good question. Um, and something I often ask my clients to answer for me when starting with them. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I think that the biggest constraint people have to overcome is themselves. <laughs> so in particular, it's going to be more around that self-sabotage. Um, so if you are trying to create some consistency with new habits, if you're trying to make a lifestyle change or create some um, yeah, new change in your life, anything, it could be a job or relationships, friendships, um, health goals, whatever it is. The biggest thing for me with that self-sabotage is momentum. So I personally think that we are programmed to keep ourselves safe and that's our comfort zone. It's our favorite place to be. It's everyone's favorite favorite place to be. So yeah, when you're trying to create new habits, it's different from what you're used to. So that can feel very unsafe in our subconscious mind, even if you're working towards something positive. So for example, if your goal, gym is a really good example. If you're trying to work out three times a week and you're not used to that, um, when you start doing it, that can feel really different in your body and in your mind. Um, even though it's something really positive, it can feel a bit unsafe because it's not your comfort zone. It's not what you're used to. You might be used to um, staying in bed a little bit longer or um, like getting your steps in, things like that. So that's obviously what your brain, your mind is used to. So if you couple like the comfort zone side of things with self-sabotage, because most people like control, (laughs) it's a very normal thing to like. Self-sabotage is the easiest way to maintain control whilst keeping your subconscious self safe. Mm -hmm. So to get over that, I think the biggest thing is to get clear on your why, to get clear on your goals and to really build a relationship with yourself. If you can't even spend five minutes with yourself, then how can you expect other people to as well? Once you figure figure out what you like, what you need, um, how you actually, you know, run as a person, it's a lot easier to be aware of yeah, your kind of behaviors and your actions and how to overcome those to get to where you want to be. Oh my God. I love that. That was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but you just got me <laughs> like, yeah. The fact that you have to understand yourself in order to create new habits. Yeah. Like, I love that so much because it's so true. And People can't do it for you, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, everyone runs on autopilot. So it's once you gain that awareness of like something in your life that you don't like and what, what you actually want to change to get better, then it's like that's when everything starts to fall into place a little bit. But yeah, like you just said, it's literally, it's just the awareness. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you. You're standing in your own way. <laughs> I was going to say, I remember hearing one day this person had said to me that you're the only person in your life that you spend the most time with and in your head, like your own voice is the voice you hear the most. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that. That is so true. So if you yeah, can build that relationship with yourself, like you said, and yeah, make it a bit about yourself because it's your life and it should be, then everything else does fall into place. I truly believe that in order to be able to care for others at the best that you want to or like serve them as best as that you can, you need to take care of yourself. I always like to look at it like if my cup is overflowing, that's all stuff that I can give to other people. So for me, I'm like, work on that, you know, like fill that cup as much as you possibly can, because as soon as that starts overflowing, like that's going to everyone else. Yeah. And that's like my biggest goal. So I love what you said there like that. (laughs) Sorry. It's just, there's a lot going in my head now. Oh, it's so fun. (laughs) My head's like, whoa. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. When it comes to actually figuring out how to talk to yourself better, what mm. do you do when you find that more negative thoughts are coming up? Mm. That's a very good question. It's it's a hard question for me to answer. For me now, it's I'm at a point where I'm more aware and I pay more attention to my inner voice. So if I'm trying to do something that is outside my comfort zone, I'm much more aware of what I'm actually telling myself. And I think that started from before COVID and before me working with coaches. I wasn't very happy and I was a really anxious and stressed person. And I, I knew that was more to life than that. Mm-hmm. And then when you started, when I started working with, um, yeah, different coaches and being exposed to this kind of work, naturally you do become more aware about it. And I guess that's the biggest thing is it's just awareness. So actually taking a second to think like, how do I feel about myself? And what are my like self-beliefs that like run my life? So mm-hmm. even for this podcast, we we're talking about how I tell myself that I'm not a very good public speaker. That's obviously a limit to me, but it's not going to serve me in this moment. And even talking about that really helped me because I can then, once I voice it, I can then come back and say, no, but I have control over that. I can slow myself down. I can breathe more. I can, you know, read my notes, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just practice. Anything's practice. Working with someone can definitely help. But yeah, it's just one of those things where if you just pause and actually think about what that voice is saying and what it's then causing your actions to follow through after that, it's a little bit easier to change. But you have to have the resources and tools to help with that because a lot of people can say, you know, they've got negative self-talk, but they don't know how to change it. It's just Mm -hmm. what's normal. Yeah, you can be fully aware of it, but not really know how to change anything. I love that you said that a lot of it comes down to practice because that's all it it is really. For me, like when I used to be, because I'm not as negative now and I do catch myself out, so I'm quite similar in that sense but I had to practice a lot and had to call myself out a lot and know that what I was saying to myself is actually going to help me in the long run yeah it's uncomfortable to say hey you're doing that pretty shit instead of saying (laughs) you know great job trying like when you can call yourself out and be like hey you can do better we're both you know that we're capable of this Totally. You're kind of unstoppable, right? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I love educating myself and making sure that I'm trying to up level and learn more in that. So I know that you clearly have done that because you just said it. (laughs) Um, But when you're looking for a coach or you're wanting to up level or upskill or, you know, add value to your own life, what do you personally look for? Um, It's a really good question. With my coaches I've worked with previously in the past, it, they kind of have just come to me. So it's um, yeah, just fallen into my lap. That sounds really weird, but yeah, a lot of them being through social media. So a friend sent me their page or I've just come across their page or whatever it is. I've never really had to seek that out. In terms of like PTs and like coaches in the gym, it does happen a little bit differently, I think. Um, and it's one of those reasons why as a personal trainer myself, I really want to be accessible to you know, my dream client, because I know the struggles of trying to find a coach that aligns with you and someone who you get along with and someone who you actually believe can help you the most. So for me, I think, yeah, it's about um, getting referrals. If you can, like ask the people around you, if you have someone who does what you want to do, ask them who they've spoken to. Research is the best, is the best friend. So yeah, like I said before, social media is a really great tool to see the, the vibe of your potential coach. Um, a lot of people will post on the Instagrams or TikToks or whatever it is. So if you can see how authentic that, that coach is across their platforms, that's obviously going to give you a good vibe. 
And then definitely in terms of like PTs in particular, most gyms and PTs will offer like a free first session or like a discounted rate for their first session. So trial and error, like try a couple of coaches, try a couple of different gyms, figure out what you like and don't like and what you're actually looking for. And then you'll be able to see, you know, what works best for you. I love that. <laughs> we love it um, all. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I'm listening to you and I'm like, you're saying these like really helpful things. <laughs> I appreciate that. (laughs) Okay. If someone is looking for a coach or a PT and they do the trial and error thing Mm. and they're looking for somebody and they just can't quite find the right person, how do Mm. they avoid getting stuck with somebody because they don't want to like have that uncomfortable conversation where you kind of have to break up with them, right? How do they... How do they make that better? How do they make that easier without ruining that relationship? Yeah. So yeah, that's a really tricky situation. I would probably say there's two different answers and I would obviously recommend going with this first answer. So you've obviously decided that you don't necessarily like or align with the coach. My best advice would be just be honest and just say, look, I don't think we don't necessarily align. Um, I'm looking for something a little bit different. Um, I really appreciate your time and, you know, the time you're taking out to get to know me and to help me. Thank you so much, but thanks, but no thanks kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. Like as a PT myself, I would appreciate that honesty. Um, it's kind of annoying when you have people you're consistently chasing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like chasing people up. I often just let them do their own thing. So just be honest. It's like, like you said, it's like a breakup. Yeah. <laughs> um, if that is a situation, you've probably only known them for a couple of weeks or a couple of months at a time. So you don't owe them anything. It's obviously not working for you. So why are you paying for a service service that you're not enjoying or it's not changing your life? It's not serving you. So get rid of it. Mm-hmm. The other side of it, if you are more of a, more of that, you know, people pleaser type of person is to still be honest and to still, you know, stop that service because like I said before, it's not serving you. Um, but you don't need to tell the coach or the PT like the the most clear reason. You could just say that it's, you know, you're not in a position anymore to be to be doing these sessions and you're going to stop in X amount of weeks. So if you can try and give, you know, two to three weeks notice, just say thank you and just say that that's the last date that you're going to be moving on from. I like both of those. Yeah. <laughs> I like both of those because yeah, they are very, I, I prefer to be quite direct direct yeah. with people because what, yeah one of the biggest things for me is I don't want to be wasting anybody's time and having a coach or a PT chase me for an answer yeah it's not only yeah. taxing on my own emotions but it's also yeah. really taxing for them because they don't want to have to do that like yeah. you said you don't want to be chasing people so yeah I love that you, I love both of those because they're both super direct and I also think like as someone who's on the other side of it it breaks my heart to think about someone paying me and they don't want to be there yeah like that honestly speaks to the core so I would much rather someone tell me hey this isn't for me at least then that opens up another spot for me to find a different client who really wants to be there that I know I can really help them Mm -hmm. and at least that first client isn't paying for someone they don't want to work with and then someone else gets to work with someone who they want to work with so yeah honesty is always the best policy I guess and at least it opens up more space for other people who work with that coach too yeah, that's perfect. Hard though, it is stressful. It is like a breakup. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, because I recently stopped working with one of my uh, with one of my coaches, and mm. I was very direct with him, and I just said, "Hey, like, I'm gonna have to give you like two weeks' notice. Just isn't working for me right now. Like, I'm wanting to, because I'm doing a um, master trainer course. Yeah, yeah. So I was wanting to try out my own programming. Yeah, that's so um, cool. Yeah, so I just told him that. 
and he was yeah. great about it. It's way better that way. You know, I never want to be lying to anybody about anything. So yeah. as uncomfortable as it can be to like, yeah. you know, tell somebody that you can't work with them anywhere or you're not able to do it. It's probably the best thing to do for everyone. Yeah. And even then, like, most people want change. So if you have a client that's been with you, obviously, if it's a short amount of time, there's clearly something wrong with the relationship. But if you, if I've got clients that are with me for over a year, mm-hmm. I'm actually really happy for them when they want to move on because obviously I've done my job so well, they feel like they can go and work out on their own or do something else. Yeah. Um, some people like to go between, you know, group fitness and then PTing or working out by themselves and it changes every couple of months. So it's so normal to jump around like that. I do obviously recommend working with a PT for a couple of months just so you can, you know, get the education, the help that you need and things like that. But it's so normal for people to come and go. Don't take it personally if you are a PT listening out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't take it personally. And I, I really liked what you said about people come to you and they get educated and yeah. they can take what they learn through sessions with you to yeah. implement in their own training. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because that's such a big thing. And everything that I've learned about my own training has come through coaches and PTs and yeah. spending time with them and them teaching me along the way, me actually taking that on board as well. So if you're looking at a personal training session or a coaching se- session, not just as you're going to do a workout and using it as a educational tool, tool as well, um, it can be really great for you long-term. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. If you get a good coach, I will say. <laughs> if you get a good one. <laughs> that is the key. That is yes. The key. That is a big, big part of it. Definitely. So what do you personally believe is the biggest driver behind creating a lifestyle that you love because you have gone in you've moved to a different state and you're doing something that you absolutely love now and you're working towards becoming a counselor so make that an even better package for people and helping so many people so what do you think is that biggest driver for you I love this question so much and it is probably the key theme of this whole conversation but it's all about you isn't it and you have to decide to do it for you and for no one else and I think that when I did move from Melbourne to the Gold Coast it was the biggest wake-up call that my life is mine and it sounds so silly saying it out loud because it makes so much sense but when you grow up you're surrounded by so many different people and so many different opinions so yeah like I said before building that relationship with yourself and actually figuring out what you want what you don't like what you do like what your values are different parts of your life and figure out if and what you actually want to work towards because for me that lifestyle is um, you know, getting up early, going to the gym, helping people, and then being by the beach for the afternoon where other people, you know, are happy to work in an office and have the weekends off. So if you can get clear on your values, then it's a lot easier to create a lifestyle around those values. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to add in the fun things as well. <laughs> oh, so you get to add yeah. like the travel and, um, you know, getting a cool apartment, having really good friends, things like that as well. So the biggest driver has to be yourself. If you're doing it for someone else, it's never going to work. Mm-hmm. It's not a sustainable option. <laughs> like it works for a little bit. Yeah, it is not sustainable. It works for a little bit. But no. yeah, self-discovery is massive and yeah. prioritizing yourself is huge. I think as well, it's it's really important for you know anyone listening to remember that when you start to put yourself first, it's not selfish. Mm-hmm. And if you do feel selfish, it's okay because it's your life. Yeah. So you have to be a little bit selfish when setting boundaries or taking action that more aligns for your own life. That's okay. And I do honestly believe that those things balance out. 
like for me personally, I had to leave all my family, my grandparents, my pets in Melbourne. And that was really hard. And I did feel really, really selfish. And even sometimes I think about it and it makes me like a little bit sad, but I have to remember that the steps that I've taken is for me and I get to be a better person, a better daughter, a better friend, um, a better coach because of all the things that I do for myself. And it all stems from knowing who you are and what you want and doing it for yourself because you can and you want to. (laughs) Yes, I love that. (laughs) It's so good. It's juicy. (laughs) Knowing your values and your priorities is so, so, so important. I find that if I don't know what those are, if I'm not clear on that, I can't actually take steps every day to, you know, better aligned with it. And it's also really good to like, if you can list your top five to 10 values, it's really handy because obviously like, you know, life comes in seasons. So sometimes, you know, a value might be family and that's going to be a focus for a couple of weeks because something's happened or it could be work because you're going through a really busy period at work. Um, it could be like personal development. And then when work's a little bit more quiet, you can focus more on that. So obviously it's really hard to have all those things really even, but if you have your top five, 10 values, it is easy to choose where you're spending your energy and, and you know, prioritizing different things in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to look at it a little bit because I totally agree with that. I do the exact same thing. Like I'm always checking myself when it comes to my values, but I, um, I don't know if this is a little bit strange, but I tend to look at <laughs> my values, like, you know, Sims, <laughs> When, oh you have, <laughs> when you have like oh my food's down <laughs> I need yes. to eat something I do the same thing with my values yeah. so if I find I'm not really 150% present with my family I can kind of feel it yeah and that means I need to go and spend some one-on-one time with a few people um and just reconnect and it and it kind of brings me back to a stable point in my own head yeah. that's what I like to do <laughs> And do you know what's so funny about that Sims analogy is before you can do go and do all things, you have to make sure that you've slept, you've eaten, you've done movement, you've seen the sun. And it's like, we forget about those things. Basic human needs. Basic human needs. Yeah. Yeah. Super important. I always forget to, sometimes I get a bit distracted and I don't eat regularly. So we like six hours before I eat something and, and then I'm not performing at best Yep. as I can I could be and doing better always trying to do better yeah. <laughs> okay so are you ready for some rapid fire questions yes okay let's do it. <laughs> all right so I will ask you these questions um if you can answer them okay. in a sentence or less that would be great okay so what motivates you to get out of bed in the morning silly answer but everything and nothing Sometimes I'm super motivated and sometimes I'm not motivated. But in saying that, living life on my terms and also living in a sunshine state definitely helps. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? To finish my uni degree so I have a backup. (laughs) What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, I love this. So it's the saying that if you can make peace with the worst case scenario that's in your mind, you'll become unstoppable. What is the most rewarding thing about your business? Oh, I love this so much because it's happened this week. Um, seeing my clients do things they thought they couldn't. So nailing their form, hitting a consistency goal, getting a new PB or like learning something about themselves. It literally lights a fire in me and it's so exciting. And what was your quote unquote dream job when you were younger? Um, I really wanted to work with animals in the zoo and I low-key still do. So if coaching somehow doesn't work out, then you know where to find me. <laughs> At the zoo. <laughs> I know. I love the zoo. It's like coaching the kangaroos. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have this obsession with giraffes. I don't know why. I just want to feed the giraffes so bad. <laughs> have you ever fed them? Like anywhere? No. I went to Australia Zoo this year and I was so close to doing it, but they were like all booked out. So I oh. think I'll have to go back and do it. I know. Because yeah. they, they work a lot of, on conservation and everything, which I obviously really enjoy. So that's I'm happy to support the zoo in that kind of way. But yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Just what you said about what you find so rewarding about your business. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked your answer. <laughs> because yeah because I know how good it is to have a coach that is is as excited about you reaching a goal as you are and it's just such a like hype girl energy (laughs) people don't celebrate themselves and they don't understand when something's a big deal in the gym so if I can person to celebrate them and to actually show them how far they've come and how big of a deal it is that they've you know hit a pb or done the perfect form or whatever it is or even the fact that they're just showing up for themselves and i can that their heart girl um mm-hmm. yeah it's so special to me so before we wrap up today's episode do you have any like final little bits of advice that you would want to tell somebody who might need it today if you are listening and there is something in life that you want to do just take the leap of leap of faith like i said before the best piece of advice i've ever received is if you can make peace with the worst case scenario that's in your mind you'll become unstoppable so if there's something you want to achieve in life and you can think of the worst case scenario in your head often it's to do with failure or to do with other people's opinions whatever if you can make peace with that you have no reason to not take action mm-hmm. when I die my little tombstone is going to say I love that on it just FYI um <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I do I um, <laughs> you're going to be saying it too it's going to be on a tee yeah. um <laughs> it's so funny how like we're so scared for the main character in our own lives it's your yeah. life yeah, yeah, you have to be. So interesting. This, <laughs> this has been such a good episode. There's been so many oh, like it's been so wonderful things that you said. And I think that they'll be really, really helpful for some people to hear. And something that you may have said today, I'm sure there's going to be something in there that, you know, somebody's going to really need to hear. And it's going to, I guess, maybe give them the permission slip that they needed. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I have appreciated your time so much. No, thank you. This is, yeah, out of my comfort zone, but I feel so inspired and motivated and have that little fire inside me right now. So thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, (laughs) Before you go, did you want to share where people can find you on socials? Sure. So probably best place would be Instagram. So it's sarahjade.coaching is like my PT page. Mm-hmm. Um, send me a message. I'll give you a permission slip to whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, you post such good content. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Every time you're lifting, I'm like, yes, I need to go there to the gym again. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not like me seeing stories of like you smashing your workouts at 5 and 6 p.m. And then I'll get on my phone after like having clients or classes and I'm like, okay, i got to do the same now. <laughs> oh. My gosh, yeah, I, that's the only time that I can do it. Yeah, that's good though. Like yeah. I can do it during the day, but then I, I actually hate, I hate the feeling of I've got to do that. Yeah, yeah. No Especially good. the training, because I'm like, this is a, this is a longevity thing for me. Like I need yeah. to do this every day, so it has to happen first. And yeah, because totally. yeah, I've got like four kids. I have to I have to take care of myself. I have to make the time to do it. All right. Well, thank you again. And I will probably chat to you very soon. I'm always like replying to your stories. So <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. all right. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. 
Okay, so how amazing was this episode? I absolutely loved chatting with Sarah. She really inspired me and reminded me about how important it is to be clear on your goals and to put yourself first, but also how different your life can look when you just put your fear aside and take a leap of faith. Thank you again, Sarah, for being on the podcast and thank you all for taking the time to listen today. Tune in next Thursday for another guest episode, but until then, have an incredible week. Step out of your comfort zone and see what happens. Take care of yourselves and I'll be in your ears again next week. Bye. Thank you again for listening to the rise of her podcast i am a one woman show so if you have a moment to leave a review i would really really appreciate it thank you again and bye for now